0: Hey folks, future Adam here. For some reason, my audio settings got changed and I am coming in hot on this episode, so I apologize. It's peeking out a little bit more than I would like. Uh, I trimmed it up the best I could, but uh, slightly embarrassing considering the flawless audio from our guest. So uh, please excuse the audio disparity, and I hope you enjoy the episode. On this episode about voice acting, we talk with guest Scott White about his history with voice acting, paying it forward. That time he won, like, 15 copies of a shitty Game Boy game, and we die in Dragon's Lair. A lot. A lot.
1: (laughs) Hey, you should use the magic sword.
0: Link, my boy. This piece is what all true heroes strive for. I won! halftone takes high contrast conversations where we zoom out to see the bigger picture i am adam bucceri aka and with me as always is my co-host i am Corey revis aka the goofy nickname character number two uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> and with us today we have our special guest please introduce yourselves Hi, my name is Scott White, uh, otherwise known as male NPC number 17, a.k.a. the one you always walk by and never engage with.
0: <laughs> uh, can I get a frag out? <laughs> frag out! <laughs> <laughs> I need a medic! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh great thank you so much for joining us uh just for a little bit of context through my work i have the great pleasure to work with some voice actors and that is how i met scott and scott here has been a genuine delight we are actual friends we text Mm-hmm. and uh he just yeah. met
2: me uh yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> you just haven't earned me. the text yet no yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, yeah by the I'm end so of this lame. podcast it's either gonna go well or or, or it's not oh I'm
1: man sorry. i hope it goes well
2: he says <laughs> out
1: loud with meaning to be in this thought bubble uh, he says slightly sweaty he says not slightly sweaty (laughs) Uh,
0: but yeah uh, Scott you are a cool dude you are an interesting dude and you have a very cool job when you are not uh, recording stuff for me you are a full time professional voice actor you have credits and tons and tons of stuff both for screen acting as well as voice acting and the narrow slice of that that i uh that particularly stood out to me in our conversations is what i am calling and maybe i'm i might be inventing vocabulary because i don't know if anyone else calls it this but i've referred to it as you being a grunt double um which is a really wonderful intersection between um your impersonation skills and the uh need in film uh and games for uh adr and post-recording um voices specifically like for effort noises or action scenes or uh, uh those kind of things so uh yeah uh scott if you in your own words uh could tell us a little bit about that very narrow slice of the job which i think is is really interesting
2: well, I want to first thank you very much for having me on your <laughs> podcast today. I'm just a normal guy who does voiceover at certain times. But as you could tell, I have a normal voice like you and... You Okay, Corey now you are a fisherman. Okay, okay. Ah, yes, of course. But uh when you're sitting on the edge of the dock and you're trying to introduce yourself to someone, you know, I don't I don't know why all of a sudden he's sort of an Irish fisherman or something. This is when things go really bad and the ratings just dramatically drop the show. No, uh yeah, no. All that stuff, yeah, yeah. Grunt double is um I don't know if I've specifically heard the words grunt double before, but I mean, you know, like definitely, uh, I've heard the word grunts many times because we have to do it in so many of the projects I get to work in and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and being a double is par for the course, you know, to become a double, uh, you know, to match some other actor in a film or TV show or cartoon or video game. And, and I've been, had a great career of being a, a double actually, if I think of everything from. You know, voicing Crash Bandicoot to uh, you know in video games to voicing mm-hmm. characters like you know recently voiced Skeletor for this Call of Duty stuff and you know I and and in those specific things or working on films where I've had to voice match certain actors, um, it's kind of you know you are their double. It's almost like being a stunt double. Instead of jumping out of the room, I need to sound like that actor in a scene when they can't get him or if or if it's a big scream or something and the mm-hmm. actor doesn't want to mm-hmm. do it, then I come in. So yeah. <laughs> It's, it, yeah, but there, it's, it's very wild to sit back when I do and, and think about what I do for a living because, <laughs> because yeah, it's just it's I, so
1: – yeah, it's wild. I do have one question. You sure. just said, um, like, if there's a loud scream and an actor doesn't want to do it, I would do it. Yeah. Why would an
2: actor not want to do that? Like, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question you know, you know these questions shouldn't be answered because if they do I might be out of a job but no, okay. um, <laughs> no usually it's stuff like uh, I, I find that you know there's many different reasons why uh, normally I find that like on sets it's usually an audio issue on set Maybe mm-hmm. there's explosions going off while the actor is yelling. So you're hearing, you know, the actual raw audio of that okay. actor screaming. Mm-hmm. It maybe the sound uh, was turned down a little too, or turned up a little too loud. So when he screamed, it distorted the sound of the signal. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, explosions or background noise or other actors yelling also maybe is, you know, throwing off the sound. Or maybe the mic just being under the clothes is kind of like muting to me. So then, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. and then it becomes an issue of, well, can we get that actor? Are they, oh, that's an actor that actually lives in Africa that like we totally. close the studio is mm-hmm. six hours away, which is a true story from a project I worked on when they had to replace an actor. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of, um, that's sort of, I guess, the reasons why, some of the reasons why, I'm sure there's a myriad of reasons. And sometimes it's just, an actor's on set, and they don't like the sound of that actor. So we just mm-hmm. need to replace their voice entirely, you know, like just do a okay. voice over that person. So, there, yeah, it's just a myriad of reasons, and, and it could and it be anything and everything. But usually I find it's technical stuff.
1: Okay. You know? I was just asking because I was curious. <laughs> I was like – I know there's probably, like, a lot
2: of, you know, a lot of, like – uh reasons is i don't want to ruin my voice oh no <laughs> so, yeah the, i mean there are you know, people that don't want to ruin their voice and there's mm-hmm. some actors that i've heard who have yelled that you definitely go you should probably replace that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Sure>. you know <laughs> yeah. either maybe sometimes it's an older actor that can't really mm-hmm. give what they are known like for projecting or, or something as yeah, much yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. projecting and you know or just selling the bit you know okay the, you know i it's so funny because if you think about horror films or things, you know, like screaming is not oh, necessarily absolutely. the natural reaction. So mm-hmm. there's been horror films I've worked on where the actor on set is kind of given a, you know, like a big reaction. But 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 it's because it's natural and the natural reaction for that actor or actress or whatever mm-hmm. wasn't to, oh, you know, like scream. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that they kind of acted it out. And then the producers like, well, that's not working. We need something with the music to play over it and stuff. So we need to put something in there Mm -hmm. that just kind of works. Yes, yeah, oh, okay. so that's another reason. I I hope I'm not uh, giving these long-winded answers, but oh no, no, you're this, doing great. This is yet, great. <laughs> it's kind of like whatever you can, whatever you can imagine, probably has happened on a stage, and and then probably stuff you haven't imagined, both good okay. and bad. <laughs> you know, um, like you know the sound. Why isn't there sound here? This should have been, you know. And it's like, well, <laughs> you can ask ask the fired sound guy that didn't hit record when we shot oh, this. So now we need to re-record <laughs> everything. Yeah. You know. So and and that's a true story. I I did have an on camera uh, career before I kind of got more into the VO stuff. And I worked on a film and we were two days. We were on day three, already two days done Mm -hmm. uh, working on a horror film. And uh, the one of someone called out and said, hey, who's pulling focus on this camera? Oh, and everyone, boy. oh geez. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> two days wasted, <laughs> which Ouch. led to one of the greatest experiences of my life working on a film, but also one of the worst. Uh, maybe it turned didn't turn out as good as it should have. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah, but when you're three three days in, and someone's like, "Who's pulling focus?" and it seems, and so, half the crew was like, "What do you mean we have to pull focus? Like this isn't just an auto." Yeah. focus camera. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, a lot of experiences I've had in my career. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, totally that, 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 those would be some good reasons why you just replace uh, audio or, or an actor wouldn't. There's also issues where, you know, and if it is like a distorted microphone or something, uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's because it's a big film, that big name actor isn't available after they've shot the film or, you know, they get them mm-hmm. for a few days and they realize, oh, we need even more stuff. But that person was only contractually agreed to, let's say, you get them for an hour in the studio and that's it to yeah. do everything. And they go, mm. oh, gosh, we have three hours of work now. They And then now they come to someone like me or other people that might jump in. And yeah. Right. Sounding for that job. So, yeah. yeah. OK. Very, very exciting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Lots of <laughs> I, lots I of logistics it. involved to me uh, for for like what creates. Basically, the opportunities for you to uh, uh, have this career is just because, you know, for one reason or another, like um, you're you're the best person for the job at the moment, which is uh, I don't want to say that to sound dismissive. I think that's really cool. And and also, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt uh, before we go any further. I do want to say I had forgot, but there's also a little behind the scenes video that shows you doing all of the effort noises for uh venom i want to say oh yeah the yeah, motorcycle yeah. chase on venom yeah wait yeah. you mean in the in the movie in the the movie venom he is do- being tom hardy's uh uh grunt double uh mr That's scott awesome. white uh, <laughs> but, but you get to see him working the process of it and uh that is a really great uh concrete insight to that i will definitely put that into the show notes i encourage listeners to go and check that out just to see Uh, You know, some of the actual process, because for me, I can't get enough of that stuff. And I love watching uh, those kind of behind the scenes. (laughs)
2: no no I'm very lucky I mean I know there is I mean there's an element at the end of the day it's like I've realized that my best place in this business is to just be the tool that productions need for things Mm -hmm. and really Mm -hmm. just get rid of that kind of like oh it's all about me I mean in the moment it is kind of all about you because the focus is on you standing in front of the mic and make it sound good (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. a high pressure like you know that's not like a red carpet like hey take photos sign autograph that's like Oh wow! This is a four hundred million dollar movie, and I need to make this. I need to sell. Yeah, you're this big... performing,
1: and everybody's staring at
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, you know, there's a little bit of pressure sometimes, but um, but it's very interesting to be the. Co- I've kind of lost uh, you know, the direction of where we what we were talking about. But but yeah, being in that position, um, you know, when when I am sounding right for the role, and I'm there, and I do sound like that specific actor or whatever, that that's a really great feeling to know that I'm helping this production that that I then later see in theaters it's like wow I was a piece of that but yes getting back to that just being a cog and like what what do you need for me is kind of how I show up every day as Mm -hmm. opposed to like what can I perform for you you know and I think that is actually is that that arc of like kind of Taking that step back has allowed me to kind of maybe succeed a little bit more than I would have if I held on to my teenager, like, I want to do red carpets and be a star, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I've I've
0: talked about this before, but like I uh, on on the show, I've talked about the difference between like someone who wants to write a book, which is to say someone who likes the process and wants to sit down and do the work versus someone who wants to have written a book and wants to shake hands and get their picture taken and all that. And like the the, the difference in like that core fantasy of like what that person is imagining um, for their career. And I'm very much in the former camp. I want to do the stuff. I want to get my hands dirty. I want to be involved in the act of creation. And then. I don't know. Uh, I've never had to deal with, you know, any kind of uh, uh, meaningful pressure or limelight. But like, it doesn't sound like the thing that I care about um, necessarily.
1: Well, usually that's how I see it as Adam gets to create and then I will be his publicist and (laughs) I will market it for him because he hates. uh, If you listen to any of the other uh, things that we've done, you learn you start to learn Adam hates trailers and I love
0: them. so <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it together. <laughs> I just—it's not like I—I I, Corey loves trailers as like their own separate art form, which I like I I do understand and appreciate. And once in a once in a blue moon, there is a trailer that comes around, and I'm like, ooh. Ooh, that there's there's craft, and I love it. that. Yeah, 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 um, it's my objection is more like you're in the movie theater, and then you're watching a four minute trailer that just tells you the entire story, and everyone's
2: exhausted by yeah, that. but that's no not a good that. trailer to me.
1: Like I'm, so, I was like, that's not I a know. good
2: trailer. That's a Netflix trailer. You know how Netflix <laughs> yeah, like just tells you the whole movie. Like there's definitely a crescendo yeah. where you're like this trailer must stop now. And then yes. it just keeps going. It's like, by mm-hmm. the way, then the Titanic hits the iceberg <laughs> and is sinking, and they end up on the wood together, and she's I like, know. don't let go. It's oh. like, oh, my goodness. Why I did know. You <laughs> <that?"> <laughs> like,
3: but, yeah. but
0: like we, we've all seen that so many times. <laughs> totally. of just like, you know, totally. in the theater <laughs> recently, and it's just like, this is act one. This is act two. This is act three. And it's like, bro, yeah.
2: come on. Yeah. 100%, yeah. No, my wife is good. She shuts it off. She'll be like, okay, stop mm. the trailer now, you know? We've seen yep. enough. But yep. but I always get enticed. I'm like, Look, if I just see the third act and it takes 30 seconds, I save myself, you know, 40 minutes.
0: Exactly. Mm. I was never going to watch the Gran Turismo movie. Like, of course. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, wow. His amazing. dad died, huh? That's wild. Damn, wow. that's crazy. All right. <laughs> you mean to tell me Wait, Bruce Wayne is died? Batman?
2: <laughs> Are you
1: serious? His dad did die? Was oh, about? I thought you were just talking about Gran
2: Turismo. Like,
1: <laughs> come on! <man.
2: laughs> I feel you just unlocked something in Corey that just is not. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was like,
1: "Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to ruin the whole thing." I didn't ruin it. That's what we're talking about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just didn't know his dad died in the trailer.
1: Like, <laughs> I was about to be like, "Come on, man!"
2: I was. <laughs> That's amazing. But he didn't die. But but the dad didn't die like in the movie. It was just a trailer. It was like a B-side yeah, the trailer I
1: know. It was like <laughs> a Racer X situation. Psych.
2: <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, we was, gotcha. They should they should do that. Should be the next step of trailers. Like totally it, you know, like totally throws off the storyline. No, yeah, and then when you, you get just... there,
0: you're like, what? <laughs> there, I mean, there there has been we're we're, you know, going off topic, but like this is a fun digression to me. Like, yeah. there are people who have been like up and arms because it's just like there was the movie trailer for the 2008 adrian brody predator movie and in that sequence they show a shot in the trailer where there are multiple predator lasers pointing at adrian brody but in the final movie there's only one and this is false advertising and i'm gonna get upset about it and i'm just like
1: that's the Bro. wrong hill to die on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an alien emotion that you are feeling. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, I no! Don't know pun what... Intended.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: this is an alien versus predator emotion that you're feeling uh, at this moment, and I don't understand you as a a uh, uh, person. This is now an alien
2: versus predator fan podcast, uh, brought to you in oh, part man. by. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Circling back to my original thing is I I just find that interesting that a lot of like VO Mm -hmm. people, they just, you know, you, you can tell who's better suited for like doing just all kinds of pardon the phrasing mouth movements. Sure, uh, yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. and stuff like that.
2: No, you're right, Corey. I mean, like you know, and then like in the actual voiceover world, you'll find that certain actors are very, you know. There's different again, like a tool. <laughs> there's utility players mm-hmm. for each genre. There's so much VO stuff, you know. There you have like categories like video games or you know the movie, the ADR voice matching like I do, you know, with the celebrity Mm -hmm. voice matching or looping where you're just adding background. You're basically background fully. You're just people talking background fully. You know, you have people that succeed and do well in like, you know, radio commercials, TV commercials, Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. that succeed in animation and they kind of like and and they kind of like they stay in their own lanes you know some mm-hmm. some some actors the uh, you know anime dubbing some of those people just do the anime and dubbing stuff and that's like that's what their calling yeah. is you know and <laughs> and same with loopers and some video game people it's like that's what they do so well yeah and but and then there's some utility players like I sort of have fallen in that category and I've been very lucky that I get to I'm like um you know, it's like the saying master, what is it, Uh, uh <laughs> like jack, jack of all, all trades, trades, master of none. Of none. none. Yeah. That is sort of, yeah.
0: Is oftentimes better than master of one.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I find that I have more fun just kind of jumping from one job to the next, depending how the subjects change. Maybe the, today I'm voicing a, a bad guy in a Batman game and... The next day, maybe I'm talking about diabetic injectables, which is uh, always (laughs) a pleasure. So, you know.
0: (laughs) And sometimes you're working with me and we're pausing halfway through the script and just being like, what the fuck is the terror the engine? I'm sorry. We're just saying
2: words. You know what? That's my job as a voice actor yeah, to just say, to say those words and make it sound like I know what I'm saying. But, Absolutely. But, but yes, we definitely have had those moments. As you know, where it's like, what am I saying? And you're like, I'm no, not sure. No. Keep, going. Keep going. Yeah, you know? I know. I knew you were going to say that. We've had all moments, you know, Adam knows sometimes. Sometimes he's like, I don't know. Let's <laughs> just keep going. You know, It's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. No, but it always sounds great, man. I, you know, sometimes, sometimes me knowing or not knowing certain things, I was just, I think I was saying to you, maybe Adam the other day or someone else maybe, but it's like I don't need to know all the information sometimes, depending on my character. Mm. In fact, like this goes back to when I was doing on-camera stuff. I would just like read <clears throat> my scenes in the script, like yeah. in, especially in horror films. It's like I just want to read my scripts, my scenes and when i die i want to end that script and not read anymore in fact one of my favorite f- horror films is film called reeker i did you know i just didn't read it intentionally i mean we did the table read and i got to hear it all but mm. but i didn't really b- absorb any of that knowledge and all i really cared about because i think the coolest thing about a horror film is not knowing what's going on and like you know i mean it just plays into the honesty of like what the heck you know are, are my yeah, friends sure. still alive are they dead what's you know where am i in this world so it's like i don't need the whole backstory and that sort of applies to my voiceover stuff sometimes sometimes i like i want the time to know my character's backstory and all this stuff because it does affect my performance. and sometimes or most of the time for me you're always the npc player and it's like you know what i don't need to care i don't care if there's a post-apocalyptic world out there and the blah blah mm-hmm. blah, blah blah i'm just selling this guy water and you know I was about uh, to say fish. Yeah, there uh, you go. Yeah, there you go, you <laughs> you want some <laughs> you fish. Sell, there's always a fish market. Hey, best fish in town. Hey, <laughs> give it to me now. Twenty quib, I'll take it from you know, or whatever. It's like yeah, hey, it's I'm totally. fishing here. <laughs> yeah, totally. But again, it's like coming back to the tool thing. It's like, what's your job in this? Are you here to like be a lead character in this film or yeah. this game and drive the story? Or are you just kind of supporting the guy? And sometimes not knowing your character is the best thing to just kind of like be a piece of that, but let that world is already moving and you're not part of it. So just be the, the guy that's selling fish and, and don't try to make a meal out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Intended, as you're and and
0: <laughs> like, um, uh, uh, shockingly, I did a little bit of theater back in <laughs> high school and college. Oh, no. no one could have guessed. Um, but like that was a real lesson for me because there was like one performance where I was just this bit character and I like hammed it up in the background. Right. And the audience laughed and that made me feel great. And then the person pulled me aside. I was like, hey, I get that you're having fun and you're doing this, but you're pulling the focus away from where it needs to be and you're not serving the overall production. And that was a, a real lesson to me. And so, like, I feel like there's a kind of person who might decry that attitude as either being lazy or not engaged or something. And, and I think that's totally false. I think it's you need to bring an appropriate amount of energy, an appropriate amount of
2: research, an appropriate amount of yourself to the role. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And, and, and that also uh, comes down to like casting directors and director, it ties into like the relationships you build in this industry. You know, Mm -hmm. they say the industry works with networks and like, it's all about who you know. And, and I definitely agree with that. But, but it went from me, the, the arc of me learning that went from like, gosh, I wish I was like on the inside and had network people. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of start making some contacts and connections and you kind of see that, oh, I, they call me back and they bring me back. That's, it's not like a, but it's more like you're a good again the tool concept it's like you're a good mm-hmm. tool for us it's like mm-hmm. you you keep hiring me because I do that one piece really well for you so then yeah. it makes sense that I call it's not necessarily because we're friends the friendship is just kind of open those doors but it's yeah. like they learn what I am as a tool and then they, <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. a tool no but, <laughs> but then, but then <laughs> it's like they just call me so some of these games and things it's like we need NPC number 13 again you know and it's like yeah. that's cool I'm, I'm happy to to be that you know and yeah. but, but then you can get stuck behind like you know the like oh well I want to get to that next level and there was a time when it was like I was forever like you know, tough guy number 12, you know, like of Civilian almost 13. A, almost
1: a typecasting situation. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. in a way it is very much typecasted, Corey, because it is kind of like, the, and I was told by a director, it's like, you know why you always get that role? Because you're so versatile and you're so good at being versatile, and they just want versatile actors. So I get on this game, I may be playing five, six characters in this game, but that's because I'm... That's what I'm known for. And those people Mm -hmm. know that I'm good at that. So when they need to check these boxes of like, who's a good lead character? Well, Scott's really good at these multiple. Let's put him in that box. So, you know, and it's only been semi recently, I would say, you know, where I've had these great experiences where teams are now getting to know more about me and and like giving me these opportunities to voice a character like Skeletor or Crash Bandicoot, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Homer Simpson thing was from a long time ago. And that's how I transitioned from on camera acting into the voice. Oh, stuff. okay, yeah. But but that was a that was a blessing right out the gate. That helped me get my voiceover agent, and that helped you know get the ball rolling real fast. So, um, yeah, and that's all thanks to a good friend of mine, Robin Atkin Downs, who's like a huge voice actor and a friend mm. of mine, and and just okay. an amazing person who's opened up doors for other people other than me. So yeah. oh, nice. Yeah, Scott, nice. you want to
0: drop that Homer Simpson on us uh, just real well, quick? I want just to drop
2: a Homer Simpson on you. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here on a podcast with Corey and Adam. <laughs> and I'm NPC number 17. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, hit and run? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: Oh. And, and also, just uh, one of my favorite things I've talked about this before is watching voice actors perform. it's uh, So delightful to me to watch that. To do the Homer Simpson voice, you have to like wiggle your fingers, fingers and like, oh, the, if little, the fingers
2: aren't kind of <laughs> going. You know, but, but like it is—it's very true. It's <laughs> like uh, you know, I've watched impressions. You know, when Dan is on, his, you know, like old Conan O'Brien clips and stuff, mm-hmm. he's like, "Can mm-hmm. you give me a little Homer?" I notice he kind of like sits up straight and he buries his chin into his. When he does Homer, he does it down here. And he kind of almost stiffens up a little bit when he does Homer. You know, Mm -hmm. so, it, it, but Mm -hmm. it allows, yeah, placement and movement and how you kind of do, I always do the finger thing a lot because I feel that there's a flowiness to Homer's voice. And so, you know, Homer loves to have a little bit of musicality in his voice, (laughs) you know, uh, maybe not that much, but, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, the little, yeah, the little things I do when I I do different voices is always good. Yeah.
1: I find that super fascinating because I thought when I I always thought that was cool, but I thought that was I was weird for thinking that was cool because uh, like for old like animated like Justice League stuff where I would watch um, Kevin Conroy and um, Mark Hamill Mm -hmm. beside each other. And they're playing like they're playing off of each other, but Mark Hamill is so wild doing like like yeah. Joker, and then Kevin Conroe barely moves, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they and they get
2: such good performances out of
1: them. Love and I'm it. like, that's so awesome.
2: <laughs> but that all plays into how great these you know the actors. It's a testament to the actors really how they create these characters and what they need to do or not do. Yeah, you look <laughs> at the Mark Hamill stuff; he's kind of like
0: hunched over and he's kind of really, you know, he's he's real twisted up and he's constantly like taking
2: his hands and like (laughs) curling them into. Definitely. Yeah. No, Mark (laughs) is one who lives the character, you know, and I'm sure just as much, um, you know, Kevin was doing Batman, you know, sitting up straight and he kind of like kept that poise, you know, that, yeah. But yeah, I love watching actors work, voice actors work. I mean, it really thrills me, you know, and, and of course I steal I only do it because of the greats that I watched that did it, you know. <laughs> and you guys being animators, you know the the flowiness of the it's like you know even these little <laughs> movements and things really bring the characters to life. And then and that translates to the old animation stuff where you know you'd see these Absolutely. characters. Be yeah. in The be the animators would be in front of the mirror, like oh how does Man. that look? And how do your how would you say that you, both your animation styles not not going off subject, but 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 like how would your styles of animation differ from each other? You're just inherent very so, very much I, know, so. I can answer this
1: very easily um Adam is way more in i I guess we've kind of not necessarily like met in the middle but mm. we at least way back in the day like he was the very emotional guy he loved very subtle uh you know movements and storytelling elements that basically it's like you know, staring and getting that, like pulling that emotion out of you. Um yeah. Which is like, really, I thought he was really good at it. Uh, yeah. I still think he's really good at it. Yeah. I was more of the action-oriented guy. I loved broad, you know, huge movements and like squash. I was really into squash and stretch and rubber banding mm. all over the place and, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Uh, reminiscent to, re- <sighs> excuse me, like reminisce, Reminis,
0: I'm
2: remis- looking for the word. Reminis, Rem- yeah,
1: re- reminiscing, <laughs> you know colon about, right?
0: from the ashes. No, <laughs> no,
1: stop, <laughs> you're messing me up. <laughs> like, um, just, just, um, of like. 30s or 40s, like Looney Tunes, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, was, yeah, yeah, the yeah. I was, I was
0: gonna say that you were always very Chuck Jones, very rubber hose. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Really favored action and snappiness and like uh, a, a strong elasticity to your yeah. stuff.
2: Back when I was doing 2D animation stuff, which you guys don't even Ooh. know, Adam. I don't this know. Is, well. This is new to nice. me. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to change the subject. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know. Do a mic drop and then we can move on. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I was going to
1: say this is the subject. Keep going. Animation was really,
2: but it does tie in because it does tie in with voiceover actually very much. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, movement and flow and character creation and stuff. You know, like when I took animation lessons at, um, oh, let's see, I did that at 14 years old. Oh, wow. 14 and 15. Um, Yeah, my goal originally was to be. You know, I saw this video game called Dragon's Lair back in the '80s. Yes. Oh, nice. And that. Fell, Let's, go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go. That's my
1: stuff. That's that's my stuff oh. right there.
2: Oh, I could still I can still finish that game without dying if the, really? the machine. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. If the machine is right, I'm very I'm very good. I was about yeah.
1: To say salute to you. <laughs> well, they, yeah, I
2: know. They all kind of. It seems like over the years they all kind of have a different, uh, like the uh, just the control uh, delay mm-hmm. of whatever. Anyway. But um, but that that game really got me into animation, voice mm. acting indirectly, and um, and and made me very aware of movement and stuff. You know, watching Dirk like how he would pause and hunch, look up, yeah. and it was like everything about or the how fight. he even screams every yeah, time. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> oh i've i've used a. believe me there's been so many Yup, yep yep i've had so many games i whenever i can i throw a dirk the daring into any video game nice. and stuff you know like whatever it's <laughs> like oh he's questioning he just got hit on the head yeah. you know oh, or whatever <laughs> oh. it's like always oh, man
0: you're speaking my language now <laughs> say what you will about dirk the daring but man knows how
2: to die oh for oh, sure for sure he's the king of dying <laughs> a lot He's almost that original, yeah. like, Indiana Jones archetype. But, you know, what Indiana Jones became by the third film, it was like that kind of clueless, yeah. a little bit that bumbling, you know, who's, who somehow survives or doesn't sometimes, you know. But uh-huh. like, <laughs> yeah, you know, brilliant, brilliant character. Don Bluth is the man. I actually own... Uh, over the years, I've collected a bunch of animation cells from oh, Dragons Lair, really? and so I have Jealous. about yeah. eight or nine images now, like that I've kind of framed up and stuff. That and it's amazing, you know. I try. I want to eventually have a. I'd love to have a piece from each room, uh, you know, from the uh-huh. Dragon's Lair world. Oh, that would be know. incredible. So, yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. So yeah. I'm working at it. I got some cool... I'll send you guys a picture at some point, shall we? Anyway, yeah. getting back to acting, it does all tie in that flow of movement, the being aware of how a character moves and stuff, because all that stuff helps. You know, it is voice acting, as every voice actor says. It's voice acting, but it really is just acting, and you have to put your whole body into mm. it. And I'm one of those people that I find... Again, depending on the role, that's definitely what I need to do. And then there's other roles where it's like, I can just sit for this because it's not helping nor hindering what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a great, yeah, it's, it's a study of just movement, really. And, and how you work your voice is like playing an instrument and, you know, and so, yeah, it's very, I'm very lucky that, that I've been given this gift. But it was just since I was a kid, just again, since Dragon Slayer and growing up, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Simpsons, yep. uh, He-Man. I mean, these are all shows that <laughs> I love. I mean, definitely Crash Bandicoot. I mean, these characters I've been able to become the voices are uh, from are directly from my heritage and my lineage, yeah. and like <laughs> what what made me want to do what I'm doing. So when you say like. Homer Simpson, it's like, what season do you want of Homer Simpson? You know, (laughs) like like the old season when Homer talked like this was like, hey, boy, you know, versus Uh now he's become a polished man. You know, he's sort of flowing like this, you know, I mean, the transformation (laughs) of, you know. Yeah. yeah, So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's funny
1: when you did that. I, in my mind, in, like, my mind's eye, when you did the first one, I saw how they used to draw him.
2: 100%. The old school animation stuff.
1: And then, like, when you transitioned, I saw the new way he was drawn. I was like, oh, that's really cool that I, like, that that translated uh, in my head.
2: (laughs) You know, I'm old enough that like I remember the, seeing the first episode, the pilot episode of The Simpsons on TV. I want to say I might be wrong. I want to say it was on Thursday night at eight o'clock, or like right. <laughs> that after. sounds about right. Prime. But time. it was like, yeah, it was amazing, and 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 yeah, I I hadn't really seen any of the Tracy Ullman show. I mean, I had mm-hmm. maybe maybe around that time or maybe right after. I don't really know. It's all kind of a blur. But I remember seeing that first episode and like immediately locking into Homer's voice and like what. Like back back then, I was you know ten years old. I think it was nineteen eighty nine. It premiered something like that. Mm-hmm. And okay, um yeah. and I and I at that time I could do Bart perfectly. And uh, <laughs> oh, of course, you know yep. because of the prepubescent, you know. But I always tried to do the Homer w- impression because I always thought the Homer's voice was the most interesting to me. But you know, and then being being a young kid who sounded like Bart trying to like you know it'd be like Homer, but you know or whatever it sounded like must have been terrible. And then finally puberty hit and all this stuff, and the BART went away. (laughs) And then then I was stuck with, like, well, now I'm in limbo. I better try to work on Homer as my voice kind of gets a little bit deeper and fuller and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had been doing the Homer impression, I swear, since 1989. So when the game came (laughs) along you know the games came along that opportunity i was it was just right place at the right time and years of practicing you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and that was the godsend right there so that that opened up the doors for me that's that's awesome
0: (laughs) uh that's a pretty seamless uh transition into the second question which was me wanting to ask uh how did you get started in this line of work not just in voice acting in general but like in this like specific quality and like the, the impressions is obviously uh, a huge um, but part. Yeah. Of
2: it. Going back to like starting off in my career and stuff, you know, the original original, uh, my jump, I mean, again, like Indiana Jones and dragon's lair, are the two things that really made me want to get into the acting world and, and turned me on to acting, mm-hmm. um, Indiana Jones more, but, but at the same time I was like obsessed and always have been with dragon's lair. Um, But, you know, that set me up for the voice acting and the on-camera stuff and love of cartoons and stuff, just being a kid, you know. But, um, yeah, Indiana Jones maybe wanted to get into acting. And then around nine years old, I started (laughs) – honestly, nine, (laughs) ten years old. I had already been a two-year veteran of horror films thanks to an uncle of mine who was – Big time into like, he loves horror films. A guy Uh by the name of Doug, a good uncle of mine. Shout out to Cool
0: Uncles. We salute you, Cool Uncles. Yeah, totally. Here's
2: to you Bud Light presents. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking Real cool uncles Real
2: cool <laughs> <laughs> Doug Ryder who got me in the whole field yes, to you, Doug Ryder Help set up a career That's been paying my bills for years <laughs> He's been paying his bills for years
1: <laughs> uh, I was about to say Please drink responsibly yeah, for all, <laughs> of the, all of that <laughs> Corey.
2: Making sure everything's all lining up Winners don't use drugs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crossing eyes and dotting and Ts. That's the gory way.
1: Buckle up. <laughs> Click it or ticket.
2: <laughs> Always with the taglines. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. So uh yeah, so I just uh you know, uh, around that you know, again, like eight, nine years old I got my Fangoria magazine subscription and oh, it was, hell you know yeah. like Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I was gnarly at ten years old. I'd be like, have you seen yeah. Friday the thirteenth part three though? And kids would be like my mom doesn't let me watch. <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, it's so awesome. Yeah, so I was very lucky, you know, very cool parents who have always supported me, and you know, and so around ten, it took me like six months or so. I I begged. the The full long story is that I went to this weekend of horrors convention again at ten years old by LAX wow. airport. They had all these like, you know, because I was a convention nerd, loved horror films and stuff. So yep. ten years old, mm-hmm. my first convention. I met one of the writers who helped write one of the Friday the 13th films. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, very nice guy who I said, I want to get, I want to be a special effects artist and stuff in horror films. And he was like, you should also be an actor. I was like, well, I'm going to do that too. But you know, I want to buy right now like latex slash, you know, that bleed. And all. That's all I wanted to buy that year, you know, and a Freddy glove if I could find yeah. one. Um, and well, so,
0: from personal experience, you can just duct taped forks to your hand. <laughs> yeah, Believe
2: me, I true. did that. I got—I <laughs> actually got in trouble because I said to my dad, can I borrow some gloves? And he had these black leather gloves. I was like, cool. <laughs> I cut the tips off the gloves, each of the gloves, and I took our knives, our dinner knives, and put them in the gloves. Oh. He was like, is that my glove that I just <laughs> gave you that you cut holes in the tips? Yeah, so that I didn't asked. go over. I asked. Not was like, anymore, dad. It's mine. You, Not anymore more dad i'm freddie <laughs> your son's dead i'm freddie now you know like dinner served bitch, <laughs> bitch. welcome to prime time bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um so because of that weekend of horrors the guy said oh you should take there's these acting classes out in the valley and like where i lived in the south bay it was like an hour hour 15 drive to get out to the valley and to get out to this acting class. So it took about six, eight months of me begging my parents, like, can I go to this acting class, please, please, please? And really annoying them until they said, yeah, OK, fine. Like, shut up. We'll take you. Yeah. So but I didn't have any Hollywood in my family, really, you know, to speak of like any networking. Um, mm mm-hmm. You know, fun fact is, there's a silent movie star named Betty Blythe who is like my great aunt. Again, shout out real American <laughs> heroes. Uh, but yeah, uh, but I had a silent movie star, you know, great aunt. I never met her uh-huh. or anything, but uh, so, but we had no contacts in Hollywood. So, um, yeah, so my parents started taking me to the acting class. And then my acting teacher, uh, you know, funny enough, I've just been very lucky. My acting teacher saw something in me. He decided to try his hand at being a manager. He signed me to him, you know. He became a manager. He helped me get an agent, um, you know. And then I started auditioning and stuff. By probably, I would say, twelve years old, I was like kind of really auditioning for projects. Oh, so two okay. Two years of just acting classes, finally, you know, got an agent and stuff. So this is around twelve years old. Around fourteen, or f- yeah, I would say I think fourteen or fifteen, like early fifteen. Um, I booked uh, Pop Tarts commercial. Uh, that was my first official job in Hollywood where I got a paycheck. And then and then soon after that, uh, Mighty Ducks 2 came along. And uh, I had already, around that same time, you know, uh, I also got into hockey at like 10 years old. So mm-hmm. I was playing in the okay. league. I was playing hockey and stuff. I saw Mighty Ducks 1 in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, man, if I could just be an actor playing hockey, that is like the two <laughs> things that is yeah. like my <laughs> world at that time, you know? And, uh, so that uh, I saw the movie in theaters and I went, wow, that would be amazing. You know, and two weeks later, I'm not even kidding. I was auditioning for the role of Portman, wow. a different role for Mighty Ducks too. And then, uh, yeah, Portman was played by this kid, Aaron Lohr. He was one of these tough, the Bash brothers, these big guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I attested, it got down to me and him for that role we, I te- we both tested for the role, you know, so they had a set, a little set built in the camera, and then we acted these scenes out, like the old school. Now yeah. they just hire you or whatever they do. But back in the day, it was like a big thing. you go to Disney for the test shoot, and they'd build part of a wow. set and all. It was wow. Like, yeah, and for a kid who had never been on a set or anything, it was like, wow, I'm in the movies now, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I... So, I didn't book the role. Driving home, my mom got a page. You know, this is so this dates, you know, back in the day, you'd have a pager, <laughs> yeah. and it'd be like, beep, 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 call this number. And so we pulled over, put quarters in the machine, and uh, <laughs> called the agent up. And they said, Hey, you didn't book the role of Portman, but they said, Hey, do you want to play this character, Gunnar Stahl, who's like this Icelandic bad guy or whatever? And I was like, mm-hmm. Heck yeah, I just want to be in the movie. Yes, please. So, um, at first, I was kind of bumming that I didn't book that the role of Portman, you know, being one of the ducks. But over time, you know, the character Gunnar Stahl has really, like, stuck with me. And, like, you know, the lines I got to say in the movie, like, when I could go to my coach and I say, hey, you lost it for yourself at the end of the movie. You know, mm-hmm, that became like mm-hmm. a line that nowadays people still say, Hey Gunner, you lost it for me, you know, or whatever. So <laughs> uh, so it's very cool that like I have like a I had like a tat, you know, like a tagline or something that was like yeah, known yeah. for my character, you know. You had something and, iconic. Yeah, yeah and still yeah, to this day. To I mean say. gosh, thirty years later and you know, so that was like fifteen. And then after that there was a little lull and no work, and then I got some commercials, worked on Full House, the nanny just shoot me. Um and then I got a show in the late 90s, 1998, a uh, show called City Guys, which was like a mm. Saturday morning, Say by the Bell. Same producer, Say by the Bell. He created another show called City Guys that was on NBC Saturday morning. Okay. And we did 105 episodes of that. Uh, oh, in between there was Mighty Ducks 3. I went back and I and I was invited to, to be a, a different character in Mighty Ducks 3, <laughs> so I didn't play Gunner. I played a different character. And I almost played two different characters in that Mighty Ducks 3, actually. Was, <laughs> wow. We did a table read and there was like this, like kind of this little like, uh, you know, like hippie stoner kind of cool kid, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, long haired hippie kid. And and so at the table read, they were just like, Scott, why don't you read that guy? And so I was okay. So I read that character also, you know, when there's 28 characters in a film and there's only yeah. 13, again, being a utility player, not realizing that would mm. be my whole career. Like, hey, play this character also. Voice this guy also. And what was crazy was that the uh,
0: the plot of The Mighty Ducks 3 is about a cloning machine that goes haywire and it starts spitting out <laughs> defective clones.
2: Dude, you, heard, you uh, read their so... leaked script. That yeah, was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got all the way to the top.
0: And then uh, the, uh, the head of... Yeah. Dudes... This is Hippie Gunner. He's yeah, like hippie regular Gunner, gunner but yep. he's
2: a hippie now. Yep. And then Mickey Mouse <laughs> was like, what are we doing here? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what do you think, Goofy? And Goofy's like, "Gosh, I don't think we should like that character."
0: And the, you know, anyways, it's the whole high thing. concept. It's the new "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" crossover. Rick Moranis has invented the cloning <laughs> machine to to do yes. hockey real good. Man, no, honestly, that all, sounds kind of awesome. Don't, it is don't, kind of a great concept. So do I this. wish they made that. Verse. Bad.
2: Wrong. If, no. it wasn't, it, no. if it wasn't for Winnie the Pooh that then suggested at the board meeting, he was like, uh, um, how about we just make another movie about <laughs> hockey?
0: And then so they're like, yeah, let's just do a hockey movie.
2: And then, so thanks to Winnie the Pooh for throwing off the whole future of the Mighty Ducks, you know, concept. Uh, but yeah, so then, so then uh, after coming off of City Guys around 2002 or so, I, st- I wanted to continue the voice acting. I mean, the on-camera acting thing. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, the arc of that was, uh, you know, I started doing these indie films and these sci-fi channel films and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then these other indie films. And at that time, my career started, like, running out of steam in the sense, it just financially, like... At that time, reality shows had become so popular, and then movies sure, were becoming sure. the budgets mm-hmm. were just becoming lame. And it was like, Hey, you want to do this hundred dollar a day indie film? And it was like, Okay, well, like ten hundred dollar a day indie films later, and not much rent paid, it was like, Well, mm-hmm. this isn't working out. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then, like I said, and there was a few years of that, like just doing these kind of films, which are great experiences, and I love doing them. And some of my favorite experiences were on these. No money. In fact, I met my mm-hmm. wife and I married my wife eventually off of a film that not only paid $100 a day, but will never see the light of day. So, <laughs> you know, so that was a complete wash minus the fact it, it, it changed my whole life. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah very uh-huh, true story, uh-huh. very worth it. So, but now, you know, um, so we're at that point where like, uh, 2007 or eight, I'm kind of doing these films and it's like, uh, oh, there's gotta be something else, you know? And I'd always dreamed about being in VO, but I'd always heard it's small groups. It's clicky. It's like, you know, it's who, you know, you can't, it's mm. tight circles and, you know, and, uh, and my friend called me, I was playing music with, again, my friend, Robin. And uh, he called me up one day and he said, hey, uh, you know, they're looking for this voice of Homer Simpson. I know you do a great Homer Simpson when you joke around at rehearsals and stuff. Why don't mm-hmm. you come over? I'll record you. I'll send it to the director. She's a friend of mine and we'll just see what happens. And so I did. And I recorded this audition um, and I sent it in. And um, a few days later, a week later, I booked the role and then I did the first game Wow. Uh, over two days. And then... Uh, And then I got a call randomly a few days later from an agency saying, hey, we heard you booked the Simpsons gig. Do you want to be a voice actor? And I was like, heck, yeah. Yeah, I always want to be. (laughs) You know, and then I think about it. And looking back, it's like, you know, Indiana Jones wanted to be an actor and all this stuff. But but the through line of all of that was like, I was watching cartoons and playing with toys well past 10 years old, you know, where kids would make fun of me and call me a toy boy because I had a collection of He-Man figures and G.I. Joe and Transformers and all this stuff. And I watched these cartoons before school and after school I'd get home because I'd want to watch Transformers before G.I. Joe came on and like, you know, it was like just, I was obsessed forever. And I would just do the voices. I'd hear, you know, like you know, skeletal, you know, not ske- skeletal, skeletal. <laughs> you know, I talk like this, <laughs> he man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, but again, I'm I'm doing a, you know, like I'm doing Starscream or uh, Cobra Commander. Oh you know. God, I love Starscream so much. I was, I
1: was about to say that sounds like Cobra Commander. <laughs> Very much so, my friends. Yes, this is how
2: Cobra Commander would talk. You know, something like that. And so I would sit there and I would, I you know, would hear the line and say it back and then. And I would, you know, and I'd hear the other character's line, try to say it back. I would literally um. sit there, like, very much, like, like just pl- saying words back and really studying words and not realizing this at a young age that I was prepping myself for a career you know yeah. so mm-hmm. you know Teenage Mutant Ninja instra- and so later on I mean all these characters there's still some that I'd love to nag, you know I'd love to you know catch and be the voice of but yeah all these characters were all things that I kind of grew up with so like I said the Homer Simpson. do you want the old Homer or the new Homer do you want the old you know whatever or the new version mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like what season are we looking at for that voice um so yeah you're voicing Starscream I got to voice Starscream and they wanted the G1 oh, actors you? in fact they had the wait, yeah, wait, yeah yeah yeah
0: I'm gonna pause which Starscream no. and for what
2: <laughs> oh yeah I voiced us. Uh, well Starscream specifically I voiced uh, in the video game called Transformers Devastation which hey! they... I had that game yeah I Underrated, underrated, great game, very cool, yeah. That was a game, yeah. So, that game they had a lot, they had a handful of the original actors from um the G1 series. Uh, Mm. wow, you know, yeah. So, uh, Grimlock, you know, me, Grimlock, you know, that's uh, that's oh my gosh, I can't believe his his name is like just jumped out of my head right as I uh. Oh, gosh, he's going to kill me, too, because he said, (laughs) Greg Berger, Greg Berger, sorry. But he, fantastic, and an actor that was with my agency. The great thing also about my agency at that time, uh, CESD they were called, um, we would go into the... the offices because they had booths there and you could read Mm -hmm. and you'd sign a list and sit there and just like, wait till your time was up and then you could go into the booth and record if you didn't have home recording stuff. Mm. So you would just be sitting there with like amazing legendary actors. And one of them was Greg Berger. Who's, you know, like I said, he's become a friend after all these years. Well, we quickly, you know, hit it off, but he'd be sitting there, just a quiet guy, just sitting in the corner. I'm like, Hey, what do you do? Like, I recognize you from, uh, were you in, like, one of the Police Academy movies? He's like, the (laughs) Police Academy in Moscow. Yeah, that was me. Like, you know, and I'm like... You do voice acting too, you know. And then like, eventually, it's like, yeah, I voice Grimlock for the. And I'm like, wait, 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 hang on. You voice Grimlock for Transformers? The Grimlock. Grimlock. Yeah. yeah. And then of course they're all so cool. Like, Me Grimlock. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like freaking out at the agency, you know. But we all do it because all of us, most of us voice actors, are all very much nerdy, you know. Fans nerdy of people. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. i I've yeah, heard that yeah. from.
1: I've heard that from like watching like interviews and. Uh, stuff for other voice actors, they all say, no, I'm fans of this guy over here. Like, I love him. I love her. I I, I, like they're all cool. And it's really, (laughs) it's
2: very true. I mean, I'm very lucky to be in the circle of of people that I completely admire and flip out (laughs) that I'm friends Mm -hmm. with. And then they come over for, you know, like uh, a holiday party or something, you know, it's like they're just. (laughs) It's like, wow, this is insane that I am like all of a sudden, like we just met and we're like hanging out together. So, best buzz. It's a great, you know, they say like in this career, like, oh, there's no real competition, you know. And, and while there is competition, we're both, we're all fighting for whatever jobs there are, you know, not really fighting, auditioning, whatever. But, mm-hmm. but you'll find like the veterans or people that really. Know where they stand in this business and have had these careers that they're all very. And I've only learned from them. It's like they're all just very. You know, there there isn't really that competition. I sound like me. I can do my thing. You sound like you. You said, but there. Mm. Whereas on camera, every audition I would go to, there's just actors sizing each other up. Or I'm mentally, and I'm part of that too. I'm looking at that actor going, oh, he's more handsome than me. Oh, he looks tougher than me. Yeah, he's getting sure, that. Sure, sure. You know, but but in this VO world, I can honestly say, in fact, I, I, I help friends get jobs in this business and friends mm-hmm. help me get jobs. And it's a very supportive, you know, I've gotten to voice, uh, you know, Harrison Ford was an all time favorite of mine. Um, and I got to help mm-hmm. do some voice matching from him for a, a huge film that I can't really talk about. Um, I mean, just because I don't want to, because I, yeah. you know, they have a They they prefer we don't talk about things. But, yeah, that's, but a famous that's... film that y'all know <laughs> about. And um, okay,
0: I'm going to pause and we can cut it out. Uh, uh, are you referring to Indiana Jones?
2: Uh-uh, uh-uh.
0: Oh, okay. But but you did do some. You did do. I worked some... on
2: Indiana. Yeah, I worked on yeah, the new so, Indiana Jones. So like film, that yeah.
0: came full circle, and you you did, did. end up getting to. To do some Indiana
2: Jones, I did. No, no, is... and that's that's yeah, that's definitely like I was I was working up to that, Adam. So thanks for yeah. ruining the big crescendo. No, oh, I'm just sorry. kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. no I man. can cut it. I can cut it out. We can start again <laughs> no, if you want. No, no, no. The power you just of keep it going. No, <laughs> okay. no. See, you give them the behind the scenes. See, that's the behind the scenes stuff people want to hear about your This yeah. this podcaster. Anyway, I but um. But yes, I've been, you know, so, and that job was gifted to me through another voice actor who went to the job to voice that character, and mm. they said, you know what, I'm not the guy. If you want the guy that sounds like Harrison Ford, you got to get, uh, you know, mm. get get Scott White. So then I show up, and they're like, do you know what you're working on? I'm like, nope. And they're like, you're voicing this character. I was like, oh, dear, that's a dream come <laughs> true. And then like, you know why you're here? Because... Darren DePaul, I'll name names. uh, My other friend Darren DePaul said that you'd be the guy that had to turn down the role so that they would hire you. And it was like while he was sitting here in the in the booth. And so it's like, you know, and uh, and that kind of taught me early on, you know, with Robin helping me get in the business and then Darren gifting me that character. It's like I can only pay it forward in this business. And you'll find most actors do pay it forward and help each other out and you know really try to lift each other up and teach each other and bring each other you know and hmm. and i and i've had i've been lucky that there's been amazing legendary voice actors that have done the same for me you know that that taught me what i what i sit here because of them you know and so it's, it's so that's my role in the evolution of voice acting is to help the next generation of you know like people find someone that that i can help you know and i try to do that as much as i can and in fact i just find that like it makes me more fulfilled I'd rather help out 10 other people at this point in my career than to just like, oh, move out the way. This is my job, you know. <laughs> so and I and I give some of that to the looping. And now we're kind of moving on and evolving in this discussion. But I do this stuff. Uh, I do this type of looping uh, voice acting work called looping, which, again, is like live acting Foley work. We're like the backgrounds mm. of scenes. It's a very kind of ego list. It's like, you know, you're kind of there. You're a tool. You're making the sounds that are going to get buried in the mix. No one will hear it anyway. But you're Mm -hmm. very much an intricate part of selling this film and, and, and translating that emotion. Um, but in that world, it's very much very supportive and very, you know, like, oh, uh, who, who should I, you know, like, who's right for this role? Well, that's mm. you, you, Corey, you sound like that guy. That's, hey man, I'm going to sit here and just watch you, <laughs> you know, and we all inspire each other or at least, at least me, unless everyone's lying to me. But <laughs> I uh-huh. go to these <laughs> sessions, I get to sit in these studios again with amazing loopers, people that it's like, we need a five minute, you know, they turn to us and go, hey, who can do like five minutes of an open heart surgery? We need two nurses and a doctor. And then again, my friend gets up and uh, my friend William gets up and is just like, oh, I got that. And like gets, uh, you know, casual as can be like, uh-huh. you know, meanwhile, I'd be wearing diapers and like, hey, this, uh, are you sure? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and amazing flawlessly for five minutes rants with two, two other loopers, just like, you know. Caliper calling out medicines and things that I'm like, you know, hey, what's the PPB on the BB baby? You know, I'm like yeah. I'm just like, holy Moses, these people are amazing, you know? So I only yeah. I've had a career of just stealing everything from anyone else. <laughs> yeah, you need awesome. Starscream? I could sell I could steal that from him, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, all yeah. I'm thinking is like that's just
2: awesome that like people
1: can just like we need like you just said it's like we need like um like uh, somebody doing open heart surgery or something like that. And I'm like, how would you, I, w- I had to think about it. Like, what does that even sound like? And people could just get up and be like, no, I know, okay. what, I know what that is. It's I, I know what to do.
2: The maze, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. They say, you know, the hardest things in looping is like hospital stuff. So like doctors and stuff, surgeries mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. doing police stuff. I've been lucky enough to work on a ton of shows sure. now mm-hmm. where, I mean, I was scared for years of like, Oh gosh, I'm on this show and it's just like, 20 minutes of like police chicago police radio oh. like you know 14 mm-hmm. a adam 13 uh we have a you know whatever i'm just riffing right now yeah, but yeah. but it's like you know and they need it to sound right and it's like okay so you watch a ton of cops you do all your research you write down st- stuff you bring in your books and it's like this is my research book and it's like all the firemen p- police city codes wow you know it's now it's all on iPads basically but back in the day you come in with like a suitcase these loopers and it was all your papers <laughs> like i mean it was ama- it's amazing some actors still are the old school they come in with like a suitcase or they roll in with like a uh, you know like a uh, like a tour you know like a well. this is how do you say a word it's uh, you know you take a travel ba- bag with your clothes into a travel bag Uh, but yeah, so they come in with like a suitcase as we call it in America (laughs) and (laughs) and they just have their files in there and they still are, you know, like pull out pieces of paper and it's like, wow, that's like the secret Hmm. 20 years. That was the same words you probably said in Titanic. Wow. I was like, yeah. Anyway, but, um, that's very cool. Just, just thinking Uh, about
1: that. I'm like, how many shows have I watched where there's just background noise and, That's the fun thing. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Every show. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm just thinking thinking of like, you know, because I always, I always joked about that with like uh, my siblings sometimes of like, you know, shows with like the old Disney Channel shows that had like kids in the background. I'm like, Mm. what are they even talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And it's probably just something like that. Where it's that just that's like, why
0: one of my favorite jokes is from Kung Pao: "Colon Enter the Fist," where they foreground some of that stuff, and there'll just be <laughs> a group of children going by, and it'll just be like, "We're children! We're <laughs> children! We're children!" <laughs> uh, and I don't know why I find that so fucking that funny. Oh, I've, I've I
1: listened to this other uh, like uh, YouTube uh, channel before and. That one of the guys, he used to do background, like, acting, too. Oh.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
1: said, like, because he, he was in the military. And he's like, oh, I kind of know that off by heart. But they're oh, yeah. like, we just need you for this really quick scene to just do this stuff. And he just said, all I was doing was just naming Serial. And <laughs> oh, I was looking That's amazing. He's like, uh... That's amazing. Frosted Flakes. And, uh, Frosted he, he's Flakes, like, Frosted Flakes, this is cocoa yeah. Puff, come in. <laughs> but it's like the cadence and the rhythm. I, I thought that yeah. was so funny and so... Uh, I, I just find that so fascinating. When, it uh, is. Oh, it's
2: fascinating, like and to experience it, it's fascinating, too. And it's also... It can yeah. be quite stressful. In fact, a yeah. uh, quick story adding to that military guy. One of my famous, uh, you know, like in the... Not famous, you know, it's not like the lore <laughs> right, of right, like, right. but as voice actors, you sit around and you go like, what's your famous story about you like messing up in a job? You know? <laughs> of like, course. Embarrassing yeah. yourself. And there's always like, well, I had to scream for 10 seconds. I passed out and I hit my head on the floor. <laughs> Ambulances oh, had to come. True story. You know, actors. Wow. <laughs> on sound stages. Um, But, uh, but my, one of my stories is like, we, uh, we were working on a military show, like a war, you know, like I can't remember the show and maybe it's best i don't mention it but um mm-hmm. and i was kind of I was relatively on the new side of doing this stuff it's like you get a military show it's, it's like we need military radio in afghanistan there's battles you know and it's like where do i find military radio talk like i i'm not you know so you're scouring mm-hmm. the internet and you're kind of like and then and then when you're a brilliant voice actor like me you go oh, i can just listen to clips of uh, call of duty because they have military radio <laughs> So then you look up a clip and you're like, oh, this is golden. The AT77 is, you know, from the Northeast, 10 clicks out, you know, and you're writing all this stuff down. You're like, hello. You get to the (coughs) session and they go, hey, just when we do these military guys, this is Mark Treschner right here. He was a Navy SEAL for 28 years. He'll be listening in to make sure that we're doing the right uh, radio frequencies Uh for Afghanistan. In fact, when you talk, you know you do the call out. He'll respond yeah. on the walkie-talkie, and then you are could do a third line, like copy that over. And mm. I'm like, oh, well, I just <laughs> picked myself, and now I need to know to have diapers whenever I work on stages. <laughs> <laughs> but I had my Call of Duty stuff, and that's pretty military, and that's pretty cool. So we're in the middle of Afghanistan. There's a war. There's battle. There's explosions, tanks, mm. and all this stuff. And then I, <laughs> you know, we're in the line as actors, and it's like you step up to the mic, get on the walkie, like. One of two, we're being surrounded, six clicks out, you know, whatever. And then the guy in the middle all right, we'll send a 10 APT coming to get you. Don't worry about that. We're going to get him over. And then he's like, okay, roger. You know, and this had six actors. Mm -hmm. And now Uh I'm like the last actor in the line. And I'm like, yeah, uh, Captain, we have a uh, AT-77 uh, coming in from the north. And I'm like, nailed it. His response is... (laughs) Why would there be a Russian snow tank in the middle of <laughs> Afghanistan coming to attack us? To it, I mean, everyone's work so smooth. It was like just in up, said they would said left yep. <laughs> that he yeah. has to point me out. Like, why would there be a Russian snow tank? Yeah. And then, and then you're just, just like so For the duty. <laughs> it was a great laugh. I didn't laugh as hard as everyone else did as they pointed at me. But and, uh, and for the
0: record, my name isn't Roger. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So then they're like, hey, we still need more of these. Uh, let's get back in line. We'll re-rack. We'll do it again. Scott, you can sit this one out if you want. And I was like, gladly. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty, uh, that's a story I like to share with voice actors when we're sh- saying things where it was like, when did you mm. embarrass yourself at the mic most? You know? <laughs> totally, totally. Because it's like intense on the screen, There's explosions, everyone. I'm just like, seven, hey, we got it from the north side. And they're like why would there be a Russian text? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's it's like, like, obviously, uh... that, re- that moment replays in my brain all day uh-huh, long, and uh-huh. it's like something only a therapist can unlock, probably. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the great thing about looping. It's almost like like how I said earlier, like being a voice actor, it's like one day I could be voicing a, a Batman character, and the next day I could be talking about a diabetic injectable. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. as a looper, it's like one movie... You're on a horror film, you know, you're working on the new Halloween film. Then the next day it's like you're on the new Minions film, you know, and then the next (laughs) day you're on the next, you know, now you're on like a rom-com kind of like a Christmas Hallmark film. And then the next Mm -hmm. day you're on an Indiana Jones film, you know, and then the full circle to the looping thing was, you know, that like got into acting because of uh, Indiana Jones. And that's all I wanted to do is play Indiana Jones or be part of that world. And then when this last film came out, I got the call and I got to work and do voices on the film, which mm-hmm. was a dream come true. My name's are, my name's actually in the credits, which is oh, nice. as a looper. Sometimes I you get credits, sometimes you for don't. I your
0: name uh, during the <laughs> credits when we saw it. It's uh, deep in there because there's
2: so many names. Well, you didn't there's a look hard names. enough. Yeah, no, we're ADR looping is usually like at the bottom, you know, so you have to get through yeah. all the special effects, guys. And <laughs> on that film, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I remember sitting there like, oh, please. Oh, it's not going to happen. Oh, why don't they put my name up there? <laughs> and then, you know, and then finally it scrolled up. I was like, oh, my God, they did it. You know, like I had to take a picture. And, uh, but, yeah. but, yeah, that was amazing. And then on top of that, I got to voice. Have you guys both seen that film? By chance. Uh, I have seen it, but okay, well, uh, for our
0: audience yeah, at home, uh, yeah. who is listening, yeah. spoilers for Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny incoming. coming fast forward 30 <laughs> seconds. If you're coming, worried about it
2: coming in hot. Uh No, there's a, there's, I got to voice, uh, I mean, various, you know, fight scenes and punches and efforts and grunt work, grunt double mm-hmm. stuff. As you, as you said, uh, my friend, um, anyway, yeah, yeah, I, it was, it was great. We were in a room full of just friends and everything, but, um, but the one that that stood out to me is I got to be like a screaming Nazi, um, <laughs> where uh-huh, like uh-huh. there's a scene when like they're being chased in the beginning on motorcycles, and this one this one guy is being like kind of squeezed into like between a wall and and he's on mm-hmm. his motorcycle and the motorcycle uh-huh. ends up blowing up and stuff. So I got to be the voice, and I got to do one of the famous, you know, like growing up in every film, you know the you know it was always to um, to be able to say like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so, so when you hear, you know, it's like the same, you know, uh-huh. you always hear those same kind of like, it was like, do you need the full Wellheim or do you want something different or like, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. it was like, well, give me one, you know, and you do and as, as the guy's like, you know, it's riding and he's like realizing like Indy's there, but the wall's there, it's like, yeah. you know, and then the whole thing kind you of know. blows up and then you hear the final version. All they use was like, Ugh! And then it was just the explosion. <laughs> yeah, You're like, oh, that was uh-huh. such a good scream, though. But <laughs> but you could totally hear my voice, and I was like, ah, oh, that's like a dream come true. Like finally being part of that world, you know. And mm-hmm. and then multiple times over again with all going back to the Crash Bandicoot, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, He Man. It's like all the things I loved as a kid. It's it's yeah. It's, it's allowed me to <laughs> just play and have a great living and when it comes to that so yeah
1: <laughs> that's very that's, cool that's awesome yeah that's totally awesome
2: yeah. yeah pretty yeah pretty great but you guys and you guys so what would you guys say because you guys both are cartoon I mean you guys are animated. well you know graphic artists animators art people what what cartoons inspired you guys um do you want to go first you want me to Adam uh sure I'll I'll go first
0: so like yeah. the 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 thing that I've said before and this is actually a, an upcoming episode where we talk about the Lord of the Rings but the oh, Lord of the yeah. Rings was my first film class the behind the scenes features on the extended editions of those you know it was just like 11 hours worth of behind the scenes and I was just oh, totally enraptured by them and that uh, really was the the spark for me where it's like I need to be involved some <laughs> way. In this world, A thousand percent. Um,
2: oh yeah, that stuff. Uh, I mean, I think that was that was like one of the first films where they just went so deep, releasing all that behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me it's he still made me unmatched. watch all of it. He made me watch all of it. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're freshman welcome. year, he, yeah, he <laughs> really. Because you, like, thought, okay, gonna... so so for those that are listening <laughs> to this episode, you guys were roommates in college. Is where you guys met correct yes and so you guys would sit there and like would it be like okay it's adam night and then Corey would be like oh no and then like oh it's Corey Knight <laughs> to watch a movie and adam would be like oh no and then it was like you had Actu- to like yeah
1: actually it's really funny you asked that like what what do you guys even do i was like <laughs> actually it's a lot of me watching adam play like video games and like laughing at games. him when he dies and him just being just going through certain games that he's like almost memorized. And then he would just ask me to, uh, Hey, you know what? You should check this out. You know, Cause he made me basically almost made me watch all three Lord of the Rings movies. This is the best thing ever. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs>
2: it's, pretty, it's pretty best. And it's pretty best. Pretty, pretty important. Well, yeah. So, uh, Corey, uh, you know, because you guys met in school, give it a report card grading. What do you think? Where do you think the Lord of the Rings sits? <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, and don't don't feel like because Adam's here, you feel pressured. Like don't now I got to give it. it Oh no!
1: Oh, I've told him how I feel about him. <laughs> Let's go, you, which you guys will see later on. Oh, okay. But, uh... Oh, this is a
2: future episode. Okay, well, just a yeah, I mean,
1: I could. Yeah, I could tell you. Like the the movies themselves, like the trilogy, uh, really good, really good stuff. Um. Like, for high fantasy, is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty into high fantasy stuff anyway. Yep. And here's the thing. I've read The Hobbit. I've never read The Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, <laughs> I know the world. I just was like, I don't really know anything beyond The Hobbit. Right. So... And, you know, obviously, that's a different story. When The Hobbit came out, I was like, yeah, I know this. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no, this isn't the cartoon version I saw back yeah. when I was... Oh, which I, which I remember
1: know. seeing. And I oh, was yeah. like, oh, man, Ralph Bakshi, this is awesome. Yeah, what No, Rankin
0: Bass did
1: The Hobbit. Oh, yeah, Ralph sorry. Ralph Bakshi Rankin did
0: The Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? Wow. Oh, actually. Actually. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, I'm sorry, okay? That got mixed up in my head. Uh, apology
0: <laughs> accepted. Yeah.
1: that You can see, uh, that is his baby. He's like, don't ever yeah. talk to me and my <laughs> son ever again.
2: <laughs> oh, no, I, I know not to mess with. Yeah, I have a friend that's a huge Elvis fan, like Elvis Presley, and I oh, thought okay. I was a fan of okay. Elvis Presley until mm. I met this guy. And then randomly, you know, and you're kind of like, well, I don't yeah. know how much he, and I feel I'm kind of the king of knowing about the king. And so, was, <laughs> yeah. you know. Elvis sang Heartbreak Hotel when he played in Vegas, you know? And he's like, (laughs) well, he did, but that was only the summer of 77 when the set list (laughs) was only 90 minutes long. And then, of course, by 72, he was already, you know, and I was like... As we all know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> yeah. And then since then, it's just gone on where he's like, where I send him clips. I'm like, this is a cool clip. And then it will be like, oh, that was actually August of 1980. You know, 77. Oh, okay. right. But he's like, oh, that was actually from the summer. That was August of 75. He changed. The funny thing about that was he changed the set list because he wanted to, and I was like, don't care. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> the- I'm so just going clearly- to show you the clip. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes basically, Corey, what I'm saying is sometimes you don't want to be the ultimate fan like Adam because it's a cursed life you live, Adam. You know, it's not it's not easy. We
1: we all have we all kind of have our little thing that we just happen to well not necessarily little, but like thing that we I find that we happen to just be like geeking out about, like just non nonstop. Most people uh, got
0: something. No,
1: yeah, most people got something. Here here's the thing is like if it was just like too bad there wasn't streaming back then because <laughs> it would have been really funny for me to just comment on him just playing things yep. playing through things
3: because
1: yep. that's what i would literally do i was like what the heck is going on yep. oh well you see this and then you know we're playing metal gear solid 3 snake eater and he's like at the end of the game and he's pointing the gun spoiler alert at uh what's her name and his boss. boss the boss and i'm like push the button Adam.
0: No. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger, Adam. I don't want (laughs) to.
1: I'll do it. He's like, no, you're not allowed.
2: (laughs) Wow.
1: I went through this journey. It has to be me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if Adam is like Lord of the Rings, takes the ring all the way, and then Corey comes along, he's like... Can I just throw it in the fire? And then, like, Adam will be like,
1: I am Sam. It'll
2: be like (laughs) Like, the biggest argument ever. Like, at the top of that, what are you
0: waiting for? (laughs) And I'm like, no,
2: no. I'm going to do it.
0: Like, you don't have to rush me. Why are you sweating me? Yeah. Why (laughs) are you sweating me, dude? It's already hot enough being up here. (laughs) Oh, I'm in the mountain of Arudrin. And. You're just what? on my dick right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll throw what? it when I'm good and ready. I just crossed <laughs> the whole country if you didn't realize.
0: And I carried you up the mountain. Throw it in. I know. It. I'm here at Kirith Gorgor, as we all know. Right, of course. Throw my ring into the crack of fire. Oh, my
2: gosh. That would be um, amazing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just turns okay. into a domestic dispute. <laughs> Gollum shows up and it's just like, "Not now, Gollum!
2: <laughs> Not now!"
1: But, 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 do we
2: Not now! <laughs>
1: uh.
2: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Um. I was gonna mention. I, I mentioned like um, I really liked uh, like early DreamWorks stuff. Um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like I. I know uh, early DreamWorks stuff and early uh, Warner Brothers stuff. Okay. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies ever is uh, Cats Don't Dance. I mm, absolutely love too. that film.
2: Look at you, um, deep cut.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think it's super underrated. Um, and also something like uh, The Prince of Egypt which I think is some of the best animation still. Very underrated
2: film with you on that concept. That, yeah. that film Did that film even get any popularity I, or did it just kind of come it, and go? It got, it was, it's considered like of the
1: early DreamWorks stuff is like their best, like their best work. Yeah. And then everything just started to trickle down after that. But oh, it's okay. still like, no, this film had everything. And I okay. was like, that really inspired me. But, another really thing that inspired me because I have always liked voice voice acting and animation mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. is uh puppets oh, so yeah. I was really into like the Muppet show oh I yeah. was really into like old stuff like Eureka's castle oh and, Eureka's uh, castle mm-hmm. are you oh me? man I loved Eureka's castle <sighs> and like just I watched the I was that kid who watched the Christ, the Muppet Christmas Carol on loop uh yeah I was <laughs> Uh, in Muppet Treasure Island, which I didn't even see until, like, I was, like, a teenager. Mm. And then I was like, whoa, who is this guy? Oh, it's Tim Curry. What else is he in? And I lost my mind. I was oh, like, yeah. Tim Curry is one of the most animated people. Because I love uh, people like that, like Jim Carrey and them, yeah. too, who yeah. just love to move around, love to play around. And then they yep. could do crazy stuff with their voices and yep. I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I and it's like animation. I could draw it and voice it. This is the dream job. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, Yeah. You know,
2: it's very. It's very true, man. Eureka's Castle. That unlocked a lot of memories, right? <laughs> <yeah. there. laughs> mm-hmm. I had heard that title since probably oh, 1994 uh, or something.
3: Like that. <laughs> I
1: wore. I I was that kid that rushed home to get to that. Watch that. I was just yeah, trying to think. It's like.
2: Was it like Eureka's Castle, then Double Dare or something like that? Yeah, was that, was like that, that was that era <laughs> yeah, of
1: Nickelodeon it was, when it was kind of yeah. split. I don't know if they still have Nick Jr., but it was like kind yep. of on the tail end he of Nick all, Jr. Yep,
2: or something 100%. Then it would become Nick at Night, and I'd be like, who cares? Yeah. And not <laughs> realizing I, the I, joys of like getting older and realizing yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. dude, yeah, Bewitched is killer. That's a great yeah. show. I watched oh, a man. lot of Nick at Night.
1: <laughs> See, <laughs> I, watched, I watched Nick at Night solely for Zorro. <laughs> Zoro. Yeah, yeah. My three dads,
2: uh, I think they played on that back in the Oh day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that's Amazing. when Nickelodeon had like all the good stuff. On. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: I'm gonna tell you a quick story too. There was a day uh back in the day they'd have these content like call to Nickelodeon. If you're the you know, we're giving the first hundred. This is the thing <laughs> we're calling to Nickelodeon. We have Bugs Bunnies something race haunted house race or something for game boy right and it yeah. was like call now and like we're giving the first 50 callers you know whatever you know and i would try to call in and always be busy and stuff this is on like a tuesday and i was sick as a dog like at home you know so i got to stay home from school that commercial mm-hmm. came on and i was like well here we go i got nothing else to do, you know calling yeah. in and it was like, hey, you're calling up, you know, like, hey, what's your name, name and address? We're going to mail you this game. And I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, so I signed up. And I was like, you yeah, know, I'm going to call again. Ah, That luck was in my, called, rang right through. Hey, you're calling, you know, we're going to, give us your name and number and stuff. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> called again. And then I called again. And then I pulled out my school book. And I was like, uh, with the addresses of school friends, because I was like, who's got a Game Boy? Drew has a Game Boy. So I called back, and they're like, oh, uh, that's how you know he's a, he's a solid <laughs> homie. Yeah, I'm like, "I'm uh, Archie Sherman, uh, here's my address. And I was like... And man, I got like 15 of those Game Boy games. That's and amazing. Then, awesome. and like <laughs> that's actually, five of them that's went to friends. Awesome. <laughs> five of them went to friends. I kept one, and then I remember for the next few weeks, for the next few months, I'd go up to we had this KB toy stores, and I would oh, take like man. three of the games, and I'd be like. Uh, these games, like I got them as a gift for my birthday. Can I turn these in and get, so they gave me credit and I turned in those three games. I got another Game Boy game, you know, then I had to wait a month and come up with some other excuse. Like, oh, my dad God, <laughs> it was his birthday and he got mailed these games. Can I turn these three in?
0: This reminds me of just like the song and dance that goes into like, you know, movie theaters where it's like, Hoss villain do you have any outside food on you? And you're like, no, my good sir. I but have a coat draped over my arm under which is nothing at all. And they're like, very well. I can see no evidence of your
2: villainy by all means. Proceed. I see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and wrapping it all up, that would be the character I would voice in a video game these days. And that's why I am Absolutely. Scott White, male NPC 17. <laughs> AKA the one you always walk by and never engage with. Oh, God bless. <laughs> Non-interactive NPC. There. Finally. Oh, and then you come up to me finally. I'm like, oh, finally after all these years, now you want fish? Well, <laughs> uh-huh. why don't you go fish off, pal? And then my character walks away. And that's the character you arrow in the back as he yeah. walks away.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm you gonna know. sneak attack that guy in Skyrim for sure. Yeah, I was about to say that uh, sounds like a Skyrim <laughs> thing. I'm totally
2: gonna... what I was thinking of, too. So yeah. Um, I don't.
1: He's like, he turns he turns around, there's nobody here.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh Man. I did want to wind down the episode, but like, but before he did, I did want to just like call out one how much I appreciate um the spirit of paying it forward that you expressed uh as part of this career because like that's really a big part of my personal philosophy where you know so much of this creativity just whatever it is whatever form it takes whatever industry um so much of it does come from the goodwill of other people who have come before who are just excited about you passionate about you and want to extend that hand uh and that really makes a difference and so just genuine appreciation for that
2: oh thank you so much man yeah yeah it's nice to uh it's nice when those opportunities do come up and you know i i feel that like you know uh as you get older you just kind of realize well if i just open up a few doors for other people i feel that that opens up more doors for me somehow down the line absolutely not it's just good karma mm-hmm. and it's like you know, and, and as they do say in this industry, there's so many jobs. It's like there's more, there's enough jobs to share with everyone. If you think of every aspect of voice acting, mm-hmm. union, non union, or just the whole spectrum of like, hey, we need a person behind a microphone, you know, yeah. and everyone, the jobs that like, you know, it's like jobs is everyone has a place in this world. You know, it's like there's jobs like audiobooks for me. I'm not a big reader, to be honest. I don't think I've finished a full book since high school. And even in high school, I probably just bought the Cliff Notes. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel that like, you know, that's not my place. But I have a good friends of mine, too, I can think of immediately that are like insane award-winning voice acting, you know, voice actors for audiobooks. And that's kind of their main gig. Yeah. And like, that's amazing that like everyone, there's just, it's it's a, yeah. So that's why it's like, you know what? maybe I won't give away the Skeletor gig if I don't have to. But uh, but there's certainly <laughs> been gigs where it's like, in fact, over the weekend, actually, I had this great audition came up and, you know, and I was like, yeah, heck yeah, I want to audition for this. And I was like, I listened to it again. And I was like, you know what? so I called my friend back. I'm like, I'll still audition for it, but I know who's going to book the job. And, it's, and, and it was Darren DePaul, the person that, <laughs> that I mentioned earlier. I was like... Darren DePaul is going to book this, so I, you know, but but again, it's like I'm just a cog, and I want the best piece in that machine, you know. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. and, and if it's not me now and and where I am in my career and my life and stuff, it's like I just want it to be the best piece because that will pay me back. Because because in this yeah. business, they'll remember like Scott's the guy that hooked us up with with. Darren or whoever it is you yeah know? yeah and, and and that's kind of like that makes me feel good it actually uh, being on this path of like trying to find be happier in life and stuff gi- helping people I r- heard in this other podcast like helping other people will give you more gratitude and more make mm-hmm. you feel more fulfilled yeah and happier in the long Absolutely, run. and so that's Absolutely. kind of what I try to you know I try to just live by that now it's like you know what there will be jobs that will come to me there will always be jobs so it's like let's help you know let's just support each other and stuff so that's kind of and that world.
0: dovetails into like another part of my personal philosophy not even personal philosophy it, it, like this is you actually like did help like solidify this as like something that i believe in which is just like when i was in college i feel like i was genuinely failed in the, so far as like they didn't teach us about networking and building relationships the way that they should have and so much of that is just finding cool and interesting people being friends with them and developing a genuine relationship and so when you know the time comes for something to to, to some kind of job you are someone who they think of yeah. And that's really all it is. Like it, it's the relationship that I have with you is a a real intangible value to me. Um and it is it is just because you are cool and interesting and you have that spirit of charity in you uh okay. that I value.
2: Yeah, thank you, dude. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know what and we've been uh, We've had a moment where we've experienced that kind of thing where both of us, like not too long ago, we were both having a day because of our own lives and work schedules and Mm -hmm. travel and all this stuff. And, you know, and we even had that moment where we were like, you know what, beyond all this work and this stress that we're trying to work through and stuff, we're buds. And let's just, you Mm -hmm. know, let's just restate that and re-solidify that because because everything we're doing right now and what we're trying to figure out and just plow through – is, yeah. is like, is stressful right now. But, but no matter what, this is where we stand, you know? So now let's, now that we have just refreshed that friendship and we know that we're there, let's get through this together as we always do. But it was just that one particular moment. It was like, you know, and I find with friends and stuff, it is important to have those moments where it's like, hey, hey mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot, there's a lot of things going on right now and it's the holidays and all this stuff, you know, but we're solid, dude. Like, you don't need to call me. We're not, you know, like, I'm just yeah. talking about other friends in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're friends, and a good friend you pick up, you pick it up where you talked last, and you just continue. It's not like a, there's no like getting on the person's, where were you the last six months? You know, it's like (laughs) you know, good friends like you guys. And you guys are a perfect testament to that. It's like all these years later, you guys are now doing a podcast based on your, Mm -hmm. you know, based on the beautiful friendship you guys have created. Yeah. Who knew back then that this would become something to like put effort into that's rewarding for not only you guys, but for all your listeners, which is very cool, man.
1: I would definitely hope that. And I would like to add to what Adam was saying before is like the whole thing that, you know, our, uh like educate college education like kind of a little bit failed and you know teaching us kind of like the networking and social aspect of that i'm like um we're kind of a testament to that like you know me and adam as friends as i mean that's what that's what this podcast is kind of about is our just mutual agreement that things are awesome yep and that we like generally love each other <laughs> and we yeah. have that kind of relationship. That's, and that's, that's what,
2: like. That's the beautiful thing, Corey, adding on to that. That's the beautiful thing in the testament about your relationship, you know, you guys together. Because it's not, you know, like a deep relationship doesn't always just happen in a few months or whatever, you know. And like I'm Mm -hmm. thinking to my one of my like my best friend is a guy named Steve, a buddy of mine that we got in trouble in Spanish class, sophomore year (laughs) of high school together, and we like the same band. Uh, and I only know this because we had to do a terrible Spanish presentation, like, what is your favorite band? Mm-hmm. Me favorito bandito. <laughs> you know, like, that's... You know, we both didn't do good in Spanish, let's be honest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's and we really fr- funny. And we would, get deten- we would get kicked out of class all the time together. We'd start laughing and stuff, you know. But that's how we became friends. But now, all these years later, and we're talking, you know, I'm not young anymore, but, uh, you know, we're talking uh, a bunch of decades later, you know, we're... We're having discussions that are even deeper that like than we've ever had, and, and life mm-hmm. discussions. And it's like, and it's so awesome to have someone that that you have such a history with. You know, Steve was there. He flew to Minnesota when I was shooting Ducks Three, and was even my uh, guardian because he was eighteen and I was seventeen. So, mm-hmm. and my mom oh, wanted nice. a break, so she went home and hang out with the family, and and I was. You know, for two weeks, Steve and I had the most awesome hang, you know. He's been on movie <laughs> sets, TV sets when I did City Guys. I even got him as an extra, so he was in the background nice. in a few episodes oh, and all this. <laughs> but but now, you know, he's giving we give each other life, uh, you know, career advice, life advice, and and it's awesome to have someone that's like, I know why you're here because you and I have this connection that runs deeper than, you know, this whole Mm -hmm. facade of all these other people and everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, But it's great having a Steve, you know? And so Corey, it's great having an Adam, and Adam, it's great having a Corey, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) it shares these friendships. And it's awesome that you guys can have created something Creative together as an outlet, you know, and then you guys also said this is a great podcast because you get to know each other, and that's really Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. neat to to watch a friendship or whatever evolve and grow, uh yeah, on the air too, you know, or find new things about each other. It's 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 like wow, it's cool to be like, dude, what? How did I not know that
1: about (laughs) you? Well, yeah, it's it's very rewarding. I uh, I have known there's multiple times where I've you know Adam has you know said some things and I'm like, wait, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know you were involved in Uh that or anything. And he's like,
0: you didn't know that the first website that I ever created at the age of 12 was a fan site on angel fire for the Godzilla 1998 (laughs) movie starring Matthew Bodrick. That's a, that's a hard friend. Is what that looks <laughs> like. no, that's, Until he mentioned that he used to be into like
1: Hella into Mortal Kombat, and I was like, "Wait, whoa, 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 whoa!" Who, me, who's like a huge like fighting game fan, I was like, "Wait a minute!" And he's like, "Uh, I used to draw them all the I time." So constantly. you're saying there's
2: three Mortal Kombat fans in this group right now talking? Oh them. yes, Mortal
3: Kombat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: final, 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 final thing as we're winding down. What's your favorite?
2: What's your favorite game of all time? Yeah. Oh my goodness, Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. Still, oh, okay. I got the arcade yep. out here every once every few months. I flip it back on and I go. Oh man, that's let's so if, awesome. Let's see if Daddy
1: still got the skew. Oh, uh, he. You have the actual like like. Cabinet. Well, oh, I have No, that's...
2: my goal is to buy eventually when I get brave enough. I'd love to buy an original Laserdisc player and do that. Oh, But now, there's, yeah. but now there's amazing stuff. I had got this, yeah. you know, I don't know, one up arcade or whatever it was a Kickstarter yeah. thing. And it's Dragon's Lair themed and it's good enough. I put it on top of this. Big guitar amp with all these lights and everything, and that's awesome. Yeah, so it looks so cool just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) cool. And then
0: now, um, I'm glad that we've all gotten that out of our system, Scott. It's time uh, if we can actually look at the script. Um, Starscream saying, "You took the my clothes out of the laundry, uh, but they're still wet."
2: (laughs) You took my clothes
3: out of the laundry. But they're still wet.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Marvelous. <laughs> uh, moving on one more. Yeah. I've, t- I've made you do this before, uh, uh, but like I just want it uh, for posterity. Please give me Han Solo talking to Jubacca, asking him if he would do it for a Scooby snack. Would you do it for two
2: Scooby snacks? Oh, man, that's a good one. <clears throat> All right, you know what we need to do, kid. We got to get through that wall.
3: All
2: right, all right, I heard what you said. Would you do it for a Scooby snack?
3: All
2: right, all right. Would you do it for two Scooby snacks?
3: All
2: right, here's your three Scooby snacks. (laughs) I don't know, see, that's... See, it's not as good as... Now let's get through that door. (laughs) I was about to do like a stand oh yeah this sort is of becoming that's what i was realizing i'm like why does chewbacca sound like a sand raider why is there a russian tank in the middle of afghanistan asking the real questions yes uh,
3: and with
0: that we will officially let you go scott thank you so much for joining us and yeah. uh, putting a spotlight on some of the very cool work that you are so privileged to do uh <laughs> and i am very privileged to count you as a friend thank you guys yeah
1: I and i hope and i hope I hope I am starting to build that friend meter up (laughs) with you right now. Corey, you're going to
2: get six of my digits for my phone number. You just have to guess the last few, you know? Oh, uh, man. (laughs) Is Is it between one and zero? That actually is. One and zero are the two numbers. You are correct.
0: (laughs) I won. You won a family port back to Disneyland.
2: Uh, And here's a copy of this shitty Game Boy game. And here's a copy of Bugs Bunny's race through the Haunted Castle for Game Boy. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, thank you guys so much. It's great. Uh, It's a fun fun podcast. It's a a fun podcast, Doc. It's a fun podcast. To listen to you guys, you know, two legit friends chatting as you guys do. And and that's always interesting because it's not just like two fake people trying to make a podcast, which is always <laughs> boring. So yeah. and thanks for letting me be part of this whole thing. This has been like a, <laughs> a fun a fun little <laughs> hangman and getting to know each other a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been <laughs> absolutely wonderful thank you so much man yeah it's great it's nice to be able to sit here and have a career that you know because if we were talking about on camera acting I wouldn't have a lot to talk about since 1999 (laughs) no but uh no but it's great to you know like I'm very lucky I'm very lucky to be in this career and I think it's a fascinating career it's something I've always wanted to be part of you know And uh, and now I get to be part of it. And so part of the joy is sharing what it's like being on the inside or being able to do this side of my Mm -hmm. career. It just is. I find it fascinating. And I know there's other nerds out there just like me who would find it just as fascinating. So any of these little stories and stuff, I love I love all that stuff. And, you know, it's like the whole classic. If I could do it, you could do it. So, you know, (laughs) voice acting is something that people can be doing nowadays with technology, having a mic in your house. You could be doing this from your home wherever you are it's not just necessarily living in hollywood um so but it's 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 great to live in this day and age where you can you can you can give that a shot if that's something that you're you know you want to try in this world. It's 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 amazing. It's awesome. So a couple hundred bucks, you could be like a full time voice actor. That's uh, stealing jobs from me. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. And on that note, I'm gonna go outside with my sign that says, "Can you give me five dollars? I'm a voice actor." And I'm gonna go stand on the road. So uh awesome. thank you guys Can for you say goodbye me. in Simlish? Ah, sul sul korbehe nibo everyone. Uh, <laughs> fine.
3: <laughs>
0: All right. And with that, we have let our guest go. Once again, thank you to the wonderful Scott White. Uh, This is the end of our show. So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for a topic of an episode, uh, come hit us up. You can contact us either at halftonetakes at gmail.com or swing by the Discord. We're always available.
1: Yeah, Uh, cool.
0: And check out the Instagram because... Gonna be uploading some
1: stuff, some cool stuff. If you it keep up with that, you might get. Yeah, you might get uh, some goodies.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, or wherever else podcasts are rated. Word of mouth is the only way that we grow. So if you like the show, tell a friend. Scott, if Bill <laughs> Denise doesn't listen to this, I'll know. <laughs> He'll know. I I'll won't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have been Adam Bucheri. I'm an animator and game designer. You can find my tabletop games on BooCherry.itch.io That is Boo like ghost, Cherry like fruit.
1: Scary. And I have been Corey Revis, illustrator and comic creator. You can find me on Instagram at E-A-R-T-H-U-R underscore O-N-E That's Earther1. I'm going to start Uh, Drawing on there a lot more, and also check out my comic on Webtoon. It's called Dawn of Time.
2: It's about the first Mother
1: Time. It's awesome. And with that,
0: Corey, you need to leave. (laughs) I thought you were gonna say get out of here. We've done the get out (laughs) bit too many times. (laughs) (laughs) They can't keep getting away (laughs) with it.
1: (laughs) You need to go. (laughs) You. Get out.
0: Get
2: out. Get
1: out. Get out. out. I am going. (laughs) Jeez.